Welcome to Brood in Bangkok, the podcast about the people you meet in the city that makes a hard man crumble. Welcome to another episode of Brood in Bangkok, the podcast that brings you the stories of the people you meet in Thailand's capital. This is your host, Karsten, and today I'm here with Benno von Bormann. That's a catchy sounding name, isn't it? So Benno is a scientific advisor at Siri Rad Hospital. And originally I found out by him or about him when someone told me that there's this German doctor running around medical conferences in Thailand. And that immediately intrigued me. I wanted to know who is that guy? What does he do? And it turns out it's Benno and he used to be a head of anesthesiology back in Germany at a hospital before he retired and moved to Thailand. He didn't quite start out that way because before he became a doctor, he was a professional horse rider and had to eventually decide between going to the Olympics or, you know, saving lives. And he picked, well, the decision that would, well, earn him probably less fame. And uh, here he is now um, helping people to do more research in a medical field. He's actually super accomplished in that himself with more than nearly, I think it's close to 200 publications. And he's here today to talk about his experiences in the medical field, about the care you receive in Thai hospitals, the education of Thai doctors and nurses, and just to provide a very good insight into what's going on behind the scenes at Thai hospitals. And I feel it's maybe a bit technical. And if you don't care about the people who are going to cut you up and put drugs inside you, then it might not be that interesting. But I found it absolutely fascinating to hear, okay, how do hospitals run here? What's good about them? What can they do better? How does this look from an outsider's perspective? And I really enjoyed talking to Benno, who is someone who also reflected a lot about his own profession. He wrote a book where he talks about his one of his very first cases as a doctor that left a very lasting impression on him. And I want to cut straight to his own retelling of that case and what happened there. Come and join me. I was a young resident at the Central Army Hospital in Koblenz in Germany when we had to uh, take care of a young, I guess, 12-year-old girl who had an accident on her bike hit by a car. And at the beginning, it everything looked not so difficult. However, to cut a long story short, she developed a one-sided lung complication. And that was in the seven teeth. And uh, I remember very well that our head anesthesiologist was fighting with the surgeon to remove the sick lung to save the other lung. Because on the long run, it would influence the whole body by oxygen, uh, by lack of oxygen, etc. Anyhow, they could not agree, though the surgeon was really a very good surgeon, but he said, I cannot just do it with a little girl. So it was some kind of emotional argument. Finally, the little girl, her name was Friederike, died. And I remember, you know, how young people are. I was crying 
for a long time and I wanted to leave that because I didn't want to experience this again. However, I stayed in anesthesia and finally I never regretted it. Is there any lesson that you learned from that? Yeah, I learned that you must have the guts and the spirit to apply extreme measures sometimes. From the pathophysiology, the idea to remove the lung, which was to make it simple, uh, well, had a good circu blood circulation, but had no ventilation at all. It was the only solution to remove the lung, to put the patient not in permanent lack of oxygen. Nowadays, every surgeon would do it without hesitation. But at this time, it was a kind of, don't know, emotional taboo. So what I learned that you should do sometimes, the unusual things when it is about to save your patients. Do you remember how the surgeon in that case handled it? Of course, he learned the cause. He came to the bed of the young patient who became worse and worse every day. But he never challenged his own decision. What about afterwards? Afterwards, he said, this is destiny. We couldn't do anything for the patient. Probably it was something to protect his own conscience. And I have to say, he was a good man. I saw a lot of good operations. And it is so, even now, today, I did never forget that little girl. Looking back, he was even a specialist for lung surgery. Others hospitals asked for him sometimes in very complicated cases to do the lung surgery. And so looking back, I still cannot understand this decision. Mm. Mm. You came to Thailand on a very well-remembered day a few years ago on December 26 in 2004. That was a time when I went to uh, Thailand frequently, uh, less for holidays, but more for business, for congresses. And it was in December 2004. I stayed in the JW Marriott at Sukhumvit. But the interesting thing is that the JW Marriott just on the 26th wanted to open to start with a new Japanese restaurant. And the name supposed to be for that restaurant was Tsunami. Of course, they stopped it immediately. And if you walk along that hotel nowadays, you will see it is two restaurants and one is called Tsu and the other one is called Nami. I can add that I, when I came back, I immediately offered to go to the disaster place wherever they needed somebody and of course on my own expenses because I'm an anesthesiologist so I'm experienced in all kinds of emergency medicine. However, I learned by the very friendly people who organized all these things that they had no lack in emergency doctors but they needed psychologists and nurses. Mm. You mentioned you're now on some kind of emergency list. Is that when they entered you on it or...? No, that is uh, only, let's say, um, just in that disaster case. I've, I've been informed by the head of the department. 
head of department of zero uh, anesthetic department zero hospital that only in the very very rare case that there is a general disaster in bangkok and they need every specialist that i'm on a list for this situation but in general i do not touch patients anymore no white coat no white coat no do you miss it <laughs> not really it's a it's an important part of my life but that's it now mm -hmm. no i don't miss it can you can you actually watch doctor shows hospital shows on television or does that just choose, drive you crazy choose to be no it doesn't drive me crazy but there are always situations my wife can confirm this when i say my god this is not a resuscitation i give you a very very simple example um when a patient let's say is dead and people start the resuscitation they do the chest compression which is okay but in most of the series they do not put a tube in the trachea of the patient and that is as essential as the ch chest uh, uh, as a chest compression and that is something when you are an anesthesiologist you cannot watch it yeah, because it's so totally wrong And sometimes the di dialogues are simply ridiculous. But I have no problem to watch it. For example, Grey's Anatomy isn't that bad. It is not the reality, but it isn't that bad. Could be worse. What about House MD? Never saw that. Isn't that about a psychiatrist? Or? Uh, it's about this really cynical, drug-addicted doctor who's like this prodigy. Dr. House. Yes. No, I, I never saw it. Of course, I, I read what people say. Every doctor should read uh, House of God. It's about a uh, psychiatrist, uh, a department of psychiatrist, psychiatry. Psychiatry. Uh, yeah. Uh, a wonderful book about the problems of young doctors in general, not so much about the psychiatry. House of God. That's a is a very, very nice book have a look and you will find out so everybody says if you're a doctor you have to read this book i'm mm -hmm. not sure you have to but however talking about films there are some old films i remember a very very old german film with a patient with a lung embolism of, which is life-threatening and the whole and that was a time when they didn't have an anesthesia and they didn't have a true tube in the trachea they simply in a very brutal maneuver opened the chest and tried to remove the thrombus and this scene in this very old black and white film was unbelievable realistic of course they didn't show the wound but everything the dialogues give me this let me do this let me cut here that was brilliant so what i would recommend to all these guys who spend a lot of money to make doctor series why don't you have a real doctor to supervise the crucial scenes in your film they probably have one it's just that they're like no one cares it's probably. like we, we want to have like you know it looks cooler if we do it probably. the other way probably so yeah i like I, i tried watching house with my girlfriend and that was just not good i mean she's a, she's a doctor as well and it's just It's like in, there was this German comedian who once um, imitated seeing an action movie with your girlfriend who sits there with her arms crossed in front of her and it's just like, stupid, 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 stupid. 
something like that. I know that was literally the experience of watching that. I mean, she's okay with action movies and a lot of things, but that was bad. So, um, so yeah, I always feel like if you are an expert in any given field and it's on television, you cringe. It doesn't matter if you assume for policemen it's the same and for 100%. computer people it's the same. And yeah, but on the other hand, there are films, for example, Coma. Yeah, with Michael Douglas, an elder film, where, where they kill patients with uh, carbon monoxide and then they uh, keep them and store them and later take the organs. is a famous book from Michael Crichton, an author I love because he saw a lot of things that later happened. And this film is totally realistic. Yeah, Everything the anesthesiologists, the surgeons do, if you ever can see that coma, Okay, so that's realistic in terms of if someone were to do that, that's yeah. how they would do it, not that this is actually depicting reality. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, did you have any like, did you have any movie moments in your life as a doctor? Like, I don't know, in a f airplane where you like, uh, Carrie Fisher recently had a heart attack on a flight. Um, I'm not sure if there was a doctor on board or not, but did you ever have anything like that? Um. Regarding how many miles I've been uh, flying all my life in different planes, uh, there was only one. Uh, the, the stewardess came to me and said, you are a doctor, uh, we have a problem with a patient in one of the rows behind. And so I went to this patient and he obviously had cardiac problems. But it turned out that these cardiac problems um, occurred periodically in this patients, what we call a stable, 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 stable um, angina compared to an instable angina. So he had this kind of attacks, but never with an increasing intensity. So I talked to him and uh, we gave him some sedation, uh, a, a simple drug that was available in the plane and uh, no further measures have been necessary. I was sitting with this guy for several hours, and then it was a flight of 12 hours, and then uh, went back to my, to my place, and everything was fine. So it was not so dramatic. Did you get an upgrade? I already have been <laughs> in, a, in the business class, but... Um, Indeed, looking back, they offered me uh, to upgrade me the next time for the next flight. But truth to be told, I'm old-fashioned, and so I refused. Do you think people should refuse that? I did my job. I, I, I Probably I'm very old-fashioned. I didn't have the feeling I, 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 I have to get a reward. Well, doctors don't work for free. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, I didn't invest any kind of special effort or time or anything. I was on the plane anyway. The patient was in economy or in? The patient was in economy, yeah. So you actually flew economy. Yeah. No, I flew uh, business, they, they, business. They, 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 Because you sat with him. so they. Kind no, of... I, I later sat with him because luckily there was a, 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 a free space in that row he was sitting. And so I could sit with him. But if not, I would have asked some of the passengers to go on my seat so I can sit with him. It, I obviously had some kind of calming effect on him. So it worked fine. Mm -hmm. Were you like, 
you kind of had a relaxed attitude about this and said, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's not going to be just. Yeah, I know, you know, I know a lot of doctors who w would make a big story and a big drama. I even remember once uh, the internist in our hospital, he told proudly a story when there was a patient with a heart attack. He's a cardiologist, to, to, uh, by the way, that he uh, urged the captain to land at the next air, uh, at the next airport to uh, bring the patient in the hospital. I'm not sure if it was necessary, but there are some doctors who have the attitude of yeah, attitude of the same guys as in TV. Hmm. You yourself, however, um, permanently moved to Thailand at some point. I think it was in 2010, right? Chai. Yes. And um, same year you became, you started in that role that you now hold as a scientific instructor. Right. What does that mean? It means that I help the department with the scientific part of their job. Probably I have to remind everybody who's talking about university that a university does not only uh, do the service for the patient, which should be normally one third, the second third should be teaching and the final third should be research. And the, Do people even have enough time for that? If they organize the department adequately, they have. And in my, after my, following my observation, there are enough people. So if they would organize it a bit better, there would be even more capacity to do research. So you help Thai doctors get published to write publications. Yes, I do that. But no, but much more important, I help them together with another group of dedicated agents, teachers, to develop ideas and to improve ideas, to make a concept. So the Thai doctors that approach you for help, are they looking to... Are they saying, Benno, can you get us more funding? Or are they saying, Benno, my English is not very good. Can you fix this? Like, what's the... That's how it started, you know. The, the expectations at the beginning were different. People thought, ah, oh, there's a guy, he published a lot. He published a lot in English. So we just go to him, uh, throw a manuscript or an ID on his desk, and he's going to get it published. That was a big misunderstanding. Um First of all, you must have, a, I try to tell everybody, first of all, you need a good, a good study. A good study finally determines if you are published or not. Nowadays, compared to the old days, nowadays the journals are not so critical with the language because if the language is not good, enough, good enough but your study is good, they give it to a language service and they make it better so the manuscript is finally adequate. My job is, and that was what I initiated, that was not available when I started. Now we have a so-called research board, a group, and every idea has to present it to this group, and then it is discussed. And then, when everything is fine, is nicely um, uh, constructed, it is proposed to the IRB, to the ethic, ethic Committee of the hospital, which is a 
which has to be, and they approve, and then it's going back to the group, and then they start with the research. You have to know that every resident has to do at least one research. And Zirat has... Residents are doctors residents in training. Residents are doctors in training, yeah. Before they become specialists. And um, this is, depending on the, on the size of the university, is about every uh, three years, 20 new... Of course, not every three years, every year. Because a group is going, a group is coming. Uh, about 20 is the turnaround. Is turnaround the right word? Yeah. yeah 20 new, new anesthesiologists. Or, yeah, 20 okay. new residents and 20 leaving after three years. So in Thailand, the resident program, so this is basically where you specialize as an anesthesiologist. Right. Is it 20, like, is it all in like one hospital? Is it like in three hospitals? Like, or they're trained all over the country? The training is, is identical all over the country. No, no, 20 is only Zirat. Okay. Yeah. So each hospital has their own anesthesia resident, or yes, of course, it's the same. At least the 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 university hospitals. I'm I'm not quite sure, but I guess all have to train at a very large or university hospital. Mm. What's your um, What's your impression of those uh, doctors in training? Like, do you have to tell them don't? Just you know, don't copy your research from Google, or you know, what's what's your like, what's your interaction with them? What do you think about the quality of their training here? The quality of the training is pretty good. They have to do everything. They start normally every case. There is a supervisor in the background. I. In, in, in an ideal situation, the supervisor is standing just nearby. Sometimes he's outside somewhere, whatever. So the practical um, education of the residents is very good. In theory, I'm probably not the expert, <clears throat> but I'm not so convinced the more as the opinions about some Methods, for example, are different. And every Ajahn has a tendency to teach his ideas about how to do this and that. And that is probably not good. And I found out they don't, they don't read very much. Probably they don't have time. I guess they are exhausted because they are working, they are working very, very hard. And <clears throat> so, summarizing, I think the training, the practical training is pretty good. They're doing a good job. In the big hospitals, they do everything they do in Western countries. All procedures do the adequate anesthesia, but the theoretical education could be better because if you have knowledge, you are finally a better doctor. Mm -hmm. Do you think if, let's say, a doctor in training from Germany would come to Thailand for like an exchange... What do you think they would learn here? What do you think they would pick up here that they might not be have seen at home already? If they go to a big hospital as a hospital and just working, they will see, for most of all, they will see the dedication of the doctors to the patient. They will see different kind of patients because the patients in Thailand are often coming just from home, not that much prepared 
as and investigated as the typical German patient. However, regarding the methods, <clears throat> I don't think they can learn anything here. So, assuming all these Thai doctors could speak fluent German, you could just literally give them a two-week cultural training and put them in a German hospital? You could, of course, but they would be it would be probably a cultural shock for them because the organization in German hospitals is very tough, which is not the case in Thailand. What does that mean? I give you an example, the ORs, which is uh, operation room uh, area, which is the by far most costly part of every hospital, is very strict organized in Germany and the most European countries simply to save money because manpower is very expensive in Germany, much more than in Thailand. But in Thailand, it's expensive too. Whereas in Thailand, it's more relaxed. Um, and I guess they waste a lot of time they could do otherwise use, for example, for research. Mm. Um, in terms of, you mentioned the dedication of the doctors here. Um, what kind of situations have you observed that, that how dedicated the doctors are, you mentioned that it's just even more than in other countries. What kind of situations did you see where this really stood out? Um, first of all, my, my own wife used to be sick and she went to a normal, not private hospital. And I joined coming to Thailand, especially. That was my first encounter with a, with a, with a Thai system. And it was about seven in the late afternoon and I know this doctor or seven o'clock in the evening seven o'clock in the evening and I know this doctor was already doing uh, seeing patients for several hours and that moment when I joined my wife asked I'm the husband she did not say because I didn't want she did not say that I'm a doctor too and uh, he agreed in a nice way And the way he talked to her, the way he uh, discussed with her and um, talking about the options was not only extremely competent, it was extremely nice. And he took all the time. When I compare the enormous pressure of German doctors who are permanently uh, checking their watch, this guy was totally relaxed. And that's what I learned from my colleagues that in the afternoon and in the early evening, when all the people are still uh, crowding in front of the respective departments, the doctors are not in a hurry. They take all their time and they take all the time they need for the patients. Of course, this is partly due to the fact that they know nothing or very little about the patients, whereas in Germany, the most of the patients coming to the hospitals are already like an open book. So do you think that's something that Thailand is missing, this intermediate stage for people to get analyzed and checked up? Or This is a, this is a very good question. I guess the system in my country is an extreme exaggeration because patients go to doctor for everything and very often, especially when you get some money for it, they do ECG and an X-ray and whatever. However, the positive result is that you sometimes find something you didn't expect 
and that everything is known about this patient. It is also a matter of effort and money. Thailand doesn't have the money to uh, permanently check, do check-up in patients. And um, as a result, some patients, especially on the villages, live with, let's say, a tumor in the face. Simple, simple example. Sometimes there's a growing tumor. Later, it turns out it's a cancer at the breast. And, you know, people say, oh, I don't want to bother. Probably it costs money. So they wait and wait and wait and wait. This is impossible in Germany because everybody will say, you have to go to a doctor and go to a doctor and doctor will do immediately everything. Whereas in Thailand, is a lot of waiting. The, I don't know how it about in the, it is in the communities. I see with my wife that they have a lot of very dedicated, hardworking nurses in the communities. Your wife has a PhD in nursing, right? Chai, yes. So she works with training new nurses here. Do you, do you see any differences in how in you know the how nurses here are trained or in their careers um, how that is different from elsewhere? I think the education of the nurses in Thailand are better probably as a fact or probably as a result, that the nursing education in Thailand is open for an uh, academic career. And you're not just saying that because your wife might be listening probably, right now. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. But uh, um, I've invited several times to uh, give a lesson for about publication, about pain therapy, in different places, in Chiang Mai, in Nakhon Sawan, here in, in uh, Bangkok, with nurses. And I was very impressed about the interest and about the knowledge of uh, the nurses. I cannot remember that I had a similar experience in Germany. In Germany, the role of the nurse is very clear, um, which includes that the education is limited on mainly practical issues. I don't say they are bad nurses. They, a lot of them have a high responsibility and quite often the nurses are treated like totally adequate by their doctors they are working with. And this is a bit of schizophrenia, if you want so. The Thai nurses, nursing education, in my opinion, is better than in Germany. However, applying their knowledge in daily practice is less because in Thailand, nurses have to ask the doctor about everything, though they probably know. I, I do remember um, I've been recently to a hospital and I was admitted and the nurse came into the room and she asked me, so did you do boo-boo? <laughs> She didn't know you are. I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, did you do poo 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 poo? You poo poo. I'm like, yeah. really? You're a medical professional, <laughs> and you, like that 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 really could like. I was a bit like surprised. Like, I I always grew up with the expectation that okay, if you work in a hospital, you stick to the medical terms. But in this case, this was, did you do poo poo? <laughs> but that's not very that's not very characteristic. Okay, so and maybe they, mm -hmm. and sometimes they have to follow ridiculous schedule. I used to have a hernia tummy in the private hospital in Zirat, 
And uh, I found out that the nurses coming for the blood pressure uh, uh, measurement every four hours, which is idiotic and is such a waste of manpower. I give you a simple example how you can make things more th smooth. We, for example, canceled the, um, the routine that patients that have been transferred to the OR when they were fetched from the post-operative ward, uh, the nurses normally made the bed sheets totally new, though the patients came in a nice, clean bed sheet. It was a routine from, don't know, 1800-something. And this is a very small thing, and the, the head nurse of the hospital said, do you know, Professor von Bormann, we probably saved three or four employees alone with this measure because it's at least 15 minutes what, per bed. What did they do? They, they, they Normally they bring the patient to the OR and when the patient is in, they, make the, they renew all the bed sheets, even when it is totally clean. Used to be. And we, we canceled this method but left the bed as it was and when the patient was uh, um, discharged from the OR, from the OR, And back in his bed, it was the same bed as he left in the morning. Mm -hmm. So simple, some th totally simple things. And did that make you popular with employees? I mean, I mean. Um, but, uh, truth to be told, I had a very, very good standing with the nurses because I treated them as partners, as everybody should do. We want. Sometimes when I had discussions with. Especially, especially surgeons, I always try to ground the discussion to the basic, which is we all want the same. We want a successful therapy for the patient. I mean, one thing you, I remember you telling me uh, in preparation for this, for an early interview was, in Germany you have this councils basically where everybody who is involved in some way with an operation comes together and that means like uh, anybody from doctor to nurse including cleaning staff like everybody would come together and talk about it and issue their opinion and i mean that is something i can see working in germany where you know social there's not such a strong difference between social classes or hierarchies whereas in thailand this hierarchy is super super strict and i cannot imagine any cleaning lady daring to speak up in a meeting where it's doctors present. Okay, Thailand has to catch up in that, in that issue because we have to learn the wisdom of life is around everybody. It lies on the street sometimes, but you have to watch it and you have to pick it up. And uh, it was not, I didn't invent it. Uh, there have been luckily a lot of colleagues, nurses, staff members of the management who had a similar philosophy. My philosophy has always been everybody can contribute to the patient's well-being. What we have to do is to find out who. Of course, the cleaning woman doesn't sit in every conference, but when it is, for example, the hygiene of the ICU, I would, of course, always ask, the cleaning personnel to join because they have to deal with the dirt every day when they clean the station. Have you suggested something like that in Thailand before? Yeah, but... Uh, how, how did that go? Not well. <laughs> What did they not say? Not well. I didn't even, I didn't even say 
cleaning woman, I, when I mention it, they smile nicely. I guess they don't even comprehend what I'm talking about. And I, I'm not sure if hierarchy is the right word, because the hierarchy, at least within doctors, within nurses, is quite flat. But the social levels are totally different. And some social levels simply do not communicate with another level. And that is a real drama. And I remember when we uh, initiated the research board for the anesthetic department, I from the very beginning asked, why don't we include English-speaking nurses? And yeah, it was discussed, but finally abandoned. Yeah, because it's a matter of doctors, which is nonsense. Uh, nurses can help a lot, and some nurses, by the way, make against all resistances some nice research. Which is, I mean, it's very interesting because you earlier said that in Thailand the education of nurses is very advanced, and you have like nursing academia career in nursing, like your wife who did a yeah. PhD. Whereas in Germany, nursing is a vocational path, so it's clearly separated from. Uh, going to university so it's like educationally in Germany there is a much stronger differentiation between a vocational job as nursing yes. and a study job as doctor but socially the the distance is much smaller yeah it is um, in the most modern and that's the majority hospitals nurses are adequate partners and a lot of doctors permanently ask the nurses opinion if of course the nurse turns out to be qualified mm -hmm. one thing you mentioned is flat hierarchies and i think you're also referring to the fact that in thailand a lot of the management like department management as well as hospital management is not like professional management but it's like a rotating system where actual doctors kind of fill in as a head of department, or they kind of fill in as a boss of a hospital, right? Right. That's a, that is one of the most surprising uh, um, things I had to learn when I came to, uh, to Thailand. You know, it is quite popular in Thailand and in, medical, in the medical profession to do some kind of extra education, let's say in epidemiology, in statistics, or in management. Then you get a title. Normally it's an education, don't ask me, of a year, of a half a year, whatever. And in the government hospitals, the big ones, I don't know how it is in the private hospitals, to tell the truth, the management is performed by a doctor, by a doctor who has some qualification, but he is a doctor. What is the result? First of all, He's lacking in his profession what he learned, where he is good, because it's not some doctor. It's always a professor with a with a high speciality. So a very very good doctor. Very good stops doctor. Stops being a doctor. Is now moved into management. That is one thing I will never understand and I will never appreciate. One. Secondly, all these positions are limited to four years. So there is neither the real competence nor consistency because every individual has a different philosophy. So, uh, of course, the, the, the respective dean 
may not have all the the power to do the the decisions he would probably like to do but it is a change every four years a change and that's the same with the departments in a, in the anesthetic department i i'm now in in thailand for six years a bit more than six years i had three bosses if you want so the first month month the first two months was the leaving head of the department then for fear for four years was the next one however she was a very nice and a very good one then she left the department and now since one and a half or two years is the third mm -hmm. and all these three that's what i can say for sure have a totally different philosophy mm -hmm. i mean what i also hear from you is that you're hold the medical education and the medical skills in Thailand here in very high regard that you that there's very little you would criticize and I think what you are mostly concerned about here is management and efficiency can you give me an example of like where you feel uh, hospitals in Thailand are being inefficient yeah as I said already the most inefficient because that's that's the part of a hospital management I'm most competent is everything that has to do with surgery and especially in the operating area. The comparing, let's say for with the US, I've been in the US frequently and the US, they have an extremely strict organization, mostly by a head nurse. And everybody, even the biggest boss of the biggest department, has to obey to this person when it is about how to use the different ORs, the facilities, the x-rays, whatever, to really find the optimal use of everything that costs money. So behind all of these efforts is the money question. In Thailand, it is, as you said, has a lot to do with hierarchy. So for example, a nurse, a scrub nurse, even if she is experienced and long in the business, would never dare to go to the phone and ask the top surgeon, sir, wouldn't you mind to come to the OR? The patient is sleeping already for three hours. I ex I'm exaggerating. But that's the situation. Sometimes anesthesiologists prepare everything and the surgeon doesn't come for re what reason ever. Hmm. I mean, the... I come from the airline industry, and when we talk about efficiency, one figure we mention is the turnaround time, meaning the time it takes from an airplane landing at an airport for it to get, you know, deloaded, all the passenger leave, and all the new passenger comes on board, all the new baggage goes on board, and then it leaves again. So that time between arriving and leaving is kind of unproductive time for an airline. It's a turnaround time. And uh, I used to work for Lufthansa, and they had issues because competitors like Ryanair had, like, much, much shorter turnaround times, meaning because they were so efficient in their arrival and departure procedures, they could fly the plane more and could earn more money with the same plane in the same day. Um, is there an equivalent in, um, in the medical field to that? Yeah, totally. Uh, it's, a very, it's, a very, it's a very good example. Uh, the turnaround, comparing my home country, Germany, to Thailand, is something like one to four. Turnaround in OR turnaround means... Turnaround in the OR. Turnaround means the moment the patient 
The, the operation is finished. The surgeons made the last stitch. Uh, everything is done with the patient. The patient leaves the OR. That is the moment when the clock starts running for the turnaround time. During this time, normally, the patient outside of the OR should be already prepared to go into the OR. So the, the next patient. The next patient, so, so that the anesthesiologist only have to start with the artificial ventilation, which altogether is about five to six minutes. And then during that time, the surgeon is scrubbing. Of course, the scrub nurses have to prepare the tables all around. To make a long story short, I don't say a name of an operation because I don't want anybody to be offended. But let's say a comparable procedure, an OR of two hours. The turnaround, if there's no complication, in Germany may be about, in some super hospitals, nine minutes, in others, 15, 16 minutes, in Thailand, up to, up to one hour. This is like throwing money in the drain. Mm, because they leave the facility unused. Yep, it's unused, yeah. It, it, um, the facility is unused. And that is the same with big, costly machines. As we said already, they should run 24 hours. Mm. In, I think in Thailand, people also like to maintain harmony. I mean, it's a very important concept in the workplace to maintain good relationships, to maintain harmony. Um, on the other hand, you also mentioned as a doctor, you sometimes have to be very brutal, uh, invasive, right? Yeah. Is that, is that um, do you think ties are, like, first of all, what does that mean? Okay, brutal is the wrong word, of course, in, in regarding to medicine, but uh, invasive means uh, to use catheters for the monitoring to give a simple example catheters mean the catheters the means uh, things you poke in you poke in the patient in an artery in a vein in in a venous vessel in a central venous vessel which is normally in uh, somewhere at the thorax for example at the neck or uh, under your uh, clavicle Okay, because when I think of catheter, I always think of the thing you use to pee out or no, something. No, 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 that's every, uh, uh, every tube you put in the patient is called a catheter. Okay. And also an arterial uh, uh, catheter at the wrist of the patient to check the blood pressure permanently and to take blood for blood gas analysis, etc. So you can be generous with that, uh, which And this is my philosophy, which increases the safety of the patient. Because first, you immediately check when there's something wrong with their blood pressure. Secondly, when you have a central, so-called central venous line, you can apply high effective drugs directly in front of the heart. This is applied, of course, in risky patients or in patients with large surgical procedures. That's what we are talking about. However... I, will, I would never say that Thais uh, object to this kind of philosophy, but it's a matter of money. Because all these catheters cost money. In Germany, even if they are strict with the money, this is not an issue. I could all my life as a head of a department use whatever I 
saw fit and had nobody to ask about the costs. This is some kind of aggressive, not negative, aggressive treatment. And I'm a big, uh, what shall I say, I'm a big fan of aggressive treatment. Why? Because, and this is no exaggeration, I'm my number one issue is the safety of the patient. And the patient, we should not forget, when he is on the table in the OR, he's completely helpless. You, the anesthesiologist, you are the guide of his life. And so all measures which are reasonable should be applied. We've talked a bit about the management improvements and about the clinical part, as you just Uh, compared Germany and Thailand, for example. But right now your main role is in academia and scientific issues. And when I talk to like people who are teaching at university or even, you know, just at high schools, I think in terms of kind of submitting papers, what they have to really struggle with is students like, you know, coping it off the internet. Um, Is that a thing? Like, do you, do you run into that? Uh, first of all, nowadays, the journals are so strict. Most journals run a plagiarism software. So you cannot copy something into your paper. It's impossible. Um, and of course, if you are a supervisor, you take care of this tool. On the other hand, you cannot invent the description of procedure every time is totally new. You have to find some different words. So it's your words, for example, when it is about an introduction, is always quite similar to a similar paper. That's normal. I don't have the feeling that there is an intention of cheating. Yeah, Cheating is a big problem. Cheating and conflicts of interest is a big problem in scientific literature so, so you cannot believe everything that is written even in a good journal so uh, what we do with the with the uh, with our research group is teaching the residents how to prepare a paper and it's up to them if they later approach me or somebody else with a paper and ask if they can submit it that way or not. This is not a, this is not a duty. It's up to them. Then they, when they want a good present, um, uh, publication and it is a good study, normally they approach me or we have some other agents who can do it in the same way. Or they just send it together with their supervisor and end up, mm. oh, no, in a not so good journal. What's, what's, what's the quality of the research in Thailand like? Do you think Thailand will... Uh, make a significant contribution to um, medical literature, medical research in the near future? One day, but uh, probably I'm gone when that happens. What, what, what do you think uh, is holding? I mean, you say you seem to be very, uh, place a lot of trust in Thai doctors and in their diligence. Or so. Do you think they're not focused enough on research or is it something else? Or? They, uh, research doesn't play the role it deserves, simply like that. Service is everything. Service is everything. It's nice for the patients, but that is not the purpose of a university. And when I 
talk about that. I have the feeling I'm I'm experience deaf ears. It is simply, you know, it is it doesn't have an impact on the career, at least not that much, because let me exaggerate, in Thailand when you are long on the long enough at the university, someday you are a professor. You wake up in the morning and you are a professor. In other countries, it is a very, very hard task even to become a doctor because doctor is an academic title, is not description of a profession. In Thailand, everybody who does the exam is a doctor. In Germany, you have to do a so-called promotion, then you are a doctor. And this has an impact on your further career and to become a professor is a Really, really hard task to do research, to write papers, to be published, and finally make one big research that is passing all the committees. And then you are not even a professor. Then in Germany, you are just an academic teacher. Then you have to teach for four years, something like that. And then you are a professor. In Thailand, writing some few papers, you are immediately assistant professor. Shortly after that, you are associate professor. Then you have to write, if I understood, one big chapter in a book, even in Thai. And then you are a real professor. Mm. So with other words, you don't need really thrilling research to become, to get this title. Mm. And when you have this title, everybody says, oh, it's a professor. And nobody asks, how did you get the professor? Mm. I mean, for, I guess, a lot of patients or people who think about, oh, what's the quality of medical treatment like in Thailand, they're probably not so much concerned with whichever scientific journal something from Thailand gets published in. What they might see is that in Thailand, ambulances are kind of volunteer services, like the pickup trucks, you see them sometimes in the street, usually with the sirens on and the cars in front of them not moving. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, but please, we have to distinguish. Uh, we are talking about a university and the duties of a university. Of course, the patients don't care. Uh, the patients don't care at all about the progress of uh, science of, or of research. However, they get the fruits of these efforts. Uh, and we cannot expect that the patients are concerned about research at all one thing about the effectivity of the rescue system this is of course different to other countries i guess they try their best i don't know how many patients die on the streets that could be saved in another system i give you an example i just now during the new year celebrations we had some disastrous accidents on the streets, right? Right. Uh, so in another system, in my system, for example, there would be immediately one or more helicopters going to that area. And in Germany, the system is to bring the doctor to the patient and treating the patient on the street. And when he is 
stable, bringing it, bringing him to the hospital. Well, based on what you hear about Thai helicopters, I'm not sure if that actually results in more casualties <laughs> and mostly on the doctor side. But actually, yeah, you, you mentioned, uh, um, yeah, in Germany, Germany is completely covered by yes. medical helicopters. Yes. You know, when I was a little kid, I think I was about nine years old, one of my favorite TV shows was Airwolf. Uh, that was a Bell 222 or something like a... Uh, so-called Dewey uh, like a like a civilian helicopter and they had painted it in um, in like military colors and there was this 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 like I, I love that show as a kid it was amazing and what what was the purpose of that helicopter oh it was Rescue like a, no 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 that was an attack helicopter it was ah. like this super fancy ah. attack helicopter it was like okay, an okay. action show and I really loved it it was like it had like this really catchy theme too and it was very 80s and uh, you know just like a bit like Knight Rider or um, yes. just with a helicopter I loved it and you know I actually later on googled what happened to that helicopter And so it was like a civilian helicopter. And after the show, they decommissioned it. They used it as a medical helicopter in Germany. You see? Um, unfortunately, it crashed. Um, so it's not, it crashed like in the 80s later on. It wasn't in service very long. But I always remember that the Airwolf helicopter became a medical helicopter in Germany. Yeah. I was flying three years in the army at, on a medical helicopter, which was a Bell, the same you see in the Vietnam Right, right. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And even, you know... Of course, a, a helicopter bringing the stuff to injured patient is ideal. But let's do it step for step. What the Thais could probably start with is what we call the so-called secondary transport. Yeah, You have a critical patient who had the first treatment but has to be transported to a specialized facility. Let's so from say, hospital to hospital. Hospital to hospital or a casualty area to a hospital, etc. That is... A good would be a good first step. Probably they start already in Thailand. I don't know because some distances are very, very far. Let's say you have a very critical uh, patient in Patani area and has to be treated in Bangkok. A helicopter could be life-saving. Maybe Bangkok Hospital has their own helicopters. I don't know. I could see them having their own helicopters because they do a lot of transfers between their branches. Yeah, then they use it for transport for sure. Mm. Um, so you also when um, before we were nearly at the end of the interview I also recall you wrote actually a book about your medical experiences um, in German though right in German yeah right it's called Das Hospital wie der Klatschmohn entstand yeah the um, hospital I don't know what Klatschmohn is in English Klatschmohn is like this um, 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 poppy Like it's is like that, is that it's a poppy plant. Like moon is like the poppy yeah. plant. Is it? Yeah, it's it's the red flower, and finally the the plant is used to produce opiate. Okay, so that's that's the story. <laughs> no, the story is about the hospital and the cl the clutchmon. The the flower story is about a fairy tale that is uh, uh, that is um, read and uh, yeah invented, if you want so, by a mother. Uh, for her dying child. This dying child, by the way, is Frederica. I talked to, about her from the very uh, from the beginning, and in my book, she survived. Hmm. So that was That's a happy end. It has a happy end, yeah. But all these stories within that book are true, and they are not all, and they are not always compliments for the doctors. Hmm. So we'll link to that book in the show notes, uh, and people can get it on Amazon, I assume, and uh, other places. Um, But it's in German. It's in German. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of people who are actually uh, German listeners. 
So right now, are you still active? One thing you're active about, you told me, is artificial blood. Is, is that like blood for robots or uh, what does artificial blood mean? Artificial blood means uh, fluid that can transport oxygen. It's, um, is it red? No, doesn't have to be. So it, it, is, it is red when it has hemoglobin. But there's also some kind of, uh, of a fluid that transport the physically uh, diluted, physically uh, oh, distributed, diluted, this, yeah. mixed. Okay. Uh, it's oxygen. In, it's it, oxygen. Uh, in a liquid. But in a liquid, but not chemically bound. Okay, so, and that is something you're working on right now still? It's I'm still working on that more than 30 years. I'm not working on that. I'm joining the discussion. In the old days, I worked a little bit experimental on that in dogs uh, at the university. And nowadays, I'm quite often as an expert, at least expert of the literature and expert of the idea, to join a small group of scientists who meet from time to time to discuss it, to present some new ideas. But truth to be told, we know a lot more, of course, within the last 30 years, but there is no true breakthrough because just now we have too many difficulties and it is not usable in the practice. We know that the Japanese probably some others too, used it already in the cardiopulmonary bypass. But the solution needs a pure oxygen ventilation of the patient. And the moment the patient is not on ventilation anymore, the effect is gone. Hmm. Well, that was a bit of a science fiction insight on what we might have in the future. Benno, thank you very much for this interview. It's pleasure. It's been a pleasure to have you and uh, we'll link to your book and as well as to your place of work. Last question. Um, if your children come to visit you in Thailand, which hospital are you going to send them to? I have very good ex experience with Sirirat and with Bumrungrad. Okay, so that's straight from the expert. Uh, you know where to go next. We'll also link those places. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's it from Brood in Bangkok for this episode. If you like the show, please go to iTunes and leave it a five-star rating. If you would like to find out more about the show, you can go to broodinbangkok.com and the website will redirect you to more information about the podcast, show notes, and more background information about our guests and anything else you want to know about the show or me. Until next time.